Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our extraordinary guest, Amy Seawee. Amy is also known as the Python Huntress, and is a professional Python hunter. She is one of only 100 people, only 15 of whom are women, who are hired to capture and euthanize the invasive Burmese pythons that are destroying the Florida ecosystem. She left her successful real estate career and life in Indiana to move to Florida to become a Python hunter on a gut feeling. She has caught hundreds of pythons, including a 17-foot solo catch, has been featured in many news and media outlets, and is pioneering the invasive python skin leather industry. And I met Amy at the National Publicity Summit. And as soon as I met her, I was like, oh, damn, we've got to bring you to be heard by our women around (laughs) the world on this show because she's bomb. So welcome to the show, Amy. Well, thank you so much, Angel. I'm so happy to be here. I am like just delighted with you. I, I The whole thing, the whole story is just so incredibly delightful and fascinating to me. So I'm curious if you could take us back to when you were maybe a child. Did you have a thing for snakes back then? Or is this something that just came out of the blue? I absolutely have always had this crazy passion for snakes and reptiles. My dad, when I was little, took me to a creek and he taught me how to catch crawdads and frogs and snakes. And just, I had some fascination and, you know, you think you'd grow out of it, but I just never did. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about when you had this sudden gut feeling. Are you somebody who has always like gone with your gut or was that a new thing for you as well? I've always, I've learned over the years that my intuition is always right. Always. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't want it to be right a lot of the times. So I have over the years kind of fine-tuned it. This though was something that it was the strongest feeling that I had ever had in my life. And it was the one one move that made zero sense on paper, but 100% sense in my heart. Mm, Yeah. Well, and that is so interesting because our listeners all around the world, and we're now downloading in 104 countries, many of them, you know, one of the things we want to model here is learning to trust your intuition and learning to take action on that intuition. So, Maybe earlier before you had this big one, because this is like the big one, right? (laughs) What were some of the things that you did to begin to know that your intuition was trustworthy? And how did you continue to like 
reinforce and support yourself, especially when you might not have liked what your intuition had to say? Well, I tell you what, a lot of it has to do with relationships in the past. And you know that this just isn't right, but you don't want to believe that because it doesn't, you know, there's no way that that could be true. And at the end of the day, it always is, you know, so I think that there was a lot of, and, you know, not even just, you know, my relationship with my ex-husband or boyfriends, but also with my friends, with my sisters, with colleagues, people like that. So I think that was a big thing. I will tell you that what set this in motion actually happened in about 2017, I think. So I'm driving down the road, you know, I'm a real estate broker, you know, have a great team, everything's going great in my life. I'm happy, I'm good, I'm not looking for anything, any changes. And I'm on this road trip and I decided to put in a CD, I know, CD, from <laughs> Jack Canfield that I got when I went to one of his seminars a couple of years back. And keep in mind, I have listened to this affirmation CD quite a few times, but it'd been a while. So I said, I'll just stick it in. Why not? So I'm, I'm listening to it. And the way that it works is he says an affirmation and then pauses so you can say the affirmation out loud. So I'm going through and he's saying, you know, for instance, I'm successful. I'm successful. I am enough. Okay. Well, he gets to the point and he says, I am on purpose. And I did not repeat that. My heart fell into my stomach for some reason. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then the next one was, I am living my best life. Mm. It sunk even farther. And I just, it was that aha moment that I said, oh my gosh, I am not living my best life right now. I wasn't unhappy is the thing. And if you would have asked me before then, if I'm living my best life, I would have said, yes, absolutely. And if you would have asked me that right after I and said, how would you live your best life? I would say, I have no idea because I thought I was. Mm. Right. So from there on, I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. I went on with my daily, you know, everything's good, real estate, all of that, but just Maybe there was something different, something more that I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, what I heard there too, Amy, that I want to underscore for our listeners is what you just said about if somebody asked you if you were living your best life, you would have been like, yeah, everything's fine. But the combination of those two together, it sounds like, as soon as the purpose piece came in, then that was almost the revelation of the no, I guess I'm not living my best life. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And I never actually thought about it like that, but it was kind of that one-two punch that really set it. Right. Yeah. Well, so now here you are in Indiana with your successful real estate career with the one-two punch, right? The one-two punch. It's funny because I was in real estate as well. Uh, right, right. I, I had a moment where I was like, if I stay another second, I'm going to die. Like I knew it. I knew, I knew, like I knew, like at the end of, we did 51 single family homes, 56 apartments in an office building. And I had been in the real estate industry for like 20 years. And I just came to that moment myself where I was like, if I have to go in and do this one more day, I'm going to die. So for me, it was a death and, and rebirth. So for you, like you're in Indiana, what the hell is Florida and Burmese pythons? How does this emerge in your quest for, you know, being on purpose and living your best life? 
I will tell you that even after that realization, I really wasn't on an outward quest to find it. I just, it was there. I didn't really know what to do with it. And so I just kept moving on. Then I found out about the Python problem in Florida. And so that, so, so this aha moment happened in like 2017, I think. And then, then I found out about the Pythons at the end of 2018, right? Yeah. And how, and how did that happen? How'd you find out about the Pythons? Well, actually, like 60 minutes or something. Called, or? Yeah, so somebody had called me from a reality show, actually, and said, hey, we're going to be doing a bonus episode of Pythons in the Everglades. Would you like to be a part of that? And I said, okay, first of all, I didn't even know there were pythons in the Everglades. Mm. Second of all, I didn't know that. Why, why are you calling me? How did you get my information? Well, I had this, this snake video from Lake Erie that went viral. I have like 4 million views of it. I don't even know how it happened. It was a few years ago. And so, so that's how they found me. Because, and so it was just you out having fun at Lake Erie catching a snake? Well, and- yeah. So I did okay. this because most <laughs> of my real estate clients didn't know I had this crazy snake passion. So, you know, Prior to the real estate, you know, and I do have a college degree, but I was, you know, in the vet industry, in the pet store, I was a breeder, you know, the Toledo Zoo. Snakes have always been a part of my world. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So gotcha. it's always been like that. So I wanted people to, I wanted my clients to see this other side of me. And so I really made this video just to send out and say, hey, P.S., you probably didn't know I'm crazy about snakes, you know. And so that's where that came from. And these people found it. And I said, sure, why not? I'll do it. Well, it didn't end up working out, thankfully. But it did introduce me to the fact that, hey, there are pythons down there. Mm-hmm. So from there, my fiance and I, Dave, decided to go on a vacation just to see what it was all about. So we went to Florida for three weeks in January of 2019 just to see what it was all about. Interesting. So let's talk about the python problem. Like, how did this problem begin? People bringing in illegally or pet stores or like help us to understand what's going on in the South Florida ecosystem and what the pythons are actually doing down there and how they got there. Sure. This problem, the pythons got here. Of course, they're an invasive species, so they are not from here. They're from Southeast Asia. And there's no question that they got here through the pet industry. There is some controversy on how it was. Some people argue that it was because people let their pets go when they couldn't take care of them anymore. And I think that is a contributor. But the main problem was Hurricane Andrew came through in 1992 and destroyed a breeding facility and basically sent 900 pythons, baby pythons, into the the same general vicinity. And it started from there. And I think the people letting their pets go, it certainly contributed as as their territory started to grow. So that's how they got here. And the reason that this is such a devastating problem is because they are the apex predator. They have no predators. They have a voracious appetite. And at this point, 98% of the mammals are gone in parts of the Everglades because of the pythons. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. That is a huge problem. And, and it's a and very so, big problem. I mean, it makes perfect sense. The Hurricane Andrew thing would have been the you know, the tipping point for that. How was there a breeding facility? Was that legal or was that? an? It Ill- was. Like it a- was for the pet industry because, you know, Burmese uh-huh. pythons were very popular pets. They were in all the pet stores, you know, they were okay. everywhere. So it was. So just it's a legal. A supplier. It, it's a legal pet to have. Yeah. It except was. it, it yes. was. OK, so now they have made that illegal. Yes. Yeah. Because of the problem, because they're 
They've, exactly. eat, they've eaten everything in the Everglades. <laughs> yeah. the, maybe the people are next. Who the right? heck knows? <laughs> oh, my God, Amy. We are going to take a short break. I am having so much fun with you, but we are going to have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to let people know a little bit more about where they can find you and some of the fun things that you are doing with the pythons as you hunt them and euthanize them. But right now, Weekly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to let everyone know that we are now celebrating our eighth award We did some back-to-back wins in September, October, and now at the end of October of 2022, we have won the People's Choice Podcast Awards in Business Management Tools for the second time. We have now won the W3 Award for the second time, and we just found out the other day that we won the Davey Award for the second time. So we now are an eight-time award-winning show, and we're so grateful. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our guests who have been a massive part of that, as well as to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're now in 104 countries. Our latest one is Algeria. So we're going to shout out this week to our listeners in Algeria. We might as well shout out to our listeners in Burma because, you know, we're talking about the Burmese pythons here. And let's also shout out to our listeners in South Florida. And we will be right back with Amy Siwi. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Amy Seawee. Before we went to the break, we were talking about how this became a problem in the Florida ecosystem. You can actually find out more about Amy at pythonhuntress.com, pythonhuntress.com. And we definitely encourage you to also check out her Instagram, which you'll be able to get that access through the pythonhuntress.com. All of her contact information and social media stuff is going to be right there on that page. So, Amy, here you are discovering that there's a problem in South Florida. What inspired you, I mean, like to decide that you were going to become a huntress? I... When Dave and I came down for that vacation, I went, we both went on a hunt with Donna Khalil, who is one of my good friends now. And she was a Python hunter. She was one of the OGs. You know, they were just starting this program back then. And we caught a Python. And I'm telling you, it was literally that moment 
that I'm holding this python. I'm like getting goosebumps. This is it. This is it. This is that aha from before. This is it. I'm going to figure this out. I don't know how, why, when, what, anything, but this is it. And Dave got a picture of me holding this python with this crazy smile on my face. And he was like, when I saw that, when I saw you smile like that, he got the picture. He said, I knew we were moving to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, it lit you up. You know, when when you you align your purpose, when you align to your purpose, it lights you the f- up. Right? Yes. Yes, it does. 100%. And that's when I knew. So it was like, I wasn't chasing it, but I was ready for it. Totally. That- totally. I want you ladies to hear that. She wasn't chasing it, but she had the space open, right? The space you were in the, I like to call that being in the question or being in the, I like to also call it being in the state of grace, right? Yes. You have this like knowing, but you're not clear on what's going to happen next. And the state of grace is just the patience piece, right? Just being patient and then allowing, 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 and then boom, it shows up from out of the blue, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a yeah. giant python. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Amy, this is dangerous. And you're one of the few, 15 women total, right? How much of your intuition do you rely on when you're out hunting the pythons? You know, that's interesting. I think there is a lot of intuition just from everything that I knew from before. Right. So I came here, people ask me a lot, why, why, if you love snakes so much, do you want to kill them? Well, I don't want to kill them, but I figured that I could finally use my hobby and actually make a difference Mm. because I'm not afraid of the pythons. I know a lot about them and I want to learn more about them. And I understand that just because you know, I love them and they're beautiful creatures. They can't be here because they're, they're eating all of the wildlife. So I, I respect it. So I'm not just one of those like, Hey, I'm going to go shoot my guns and, you know, Mm. kill snakes. It's not like that at all. So I thought, you know, I can definitely be an asset to this. So a lot of in the beginning, the, the catches, because these are a lot bigger than, you know, my normal snakes that I would just go catch. And, you know, Indiana, I just, a lot of it was relying on, okay, I'm, you know, just, and it's really hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And you can see some of my videos and see how I grab them and everything. But th- there is a lot of that. I was afraid at first that maybe I'd have to watch out for, you know, the bears and alligators and panthers, but they're not really a threat. So mm-hmm. I don't really have to worry about that too much. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk now about like, how does somebody get paid to be a Python? <laughs> like, what do you, like, you left this lucrative real estate career, you know, here's, here's the other thing that often happens that circumvents people from following their intuition is that they look at whatever the upstairs team is like hitting them with and saying, and they say to themselves, what, what? <laughs> Like when I left my real estate career, it was a crystal healer. They were like, you're going to be a crystal healer. The upst- I call it my upstairs team. You're going to be a crystal healer. I'm like, what the hell is that? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was, I was a let's do it kind of gal too. But for many people, like the money thing shows up instantly as a massive like stop sign that circumvents following in- intuition. So can we talk about the money piece here? Like, how do you make money as a Python huntress? Sure. I will say that Pythons do not pay like houses. That is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And that was definitely when I made this quick decision, because once I made the decision a week after I got back from 
my vacation, I was moved to Florida within two months. Mm. So it was quick. And money was definitely, I didn't even know if they were hiring, first of all. Mm. I didn't know if there was even going to be a job for me. Mm. And what I had to do was kind of dig deep and say, hey, do you trust yourself? Are you going to figure it out? Mm. You always figured it out. Mm. And then I had to say, okay, what's the worst? What's the worst that happens if for some reason they're not hiring or, you know, it doesn't, okay, I can either get my real estate license in Florida. I mean, that's fine. I can be a bartender for a while if I need to. No big deal. I got it. Or I can come, I can go back to Indiana, tail between my legs a little bit, but still pick up where I left off. Mm. Is it going to kill me? Mm. No. Mm. So it's kind of like, so that's the worst case scenario. But I trust myself. I'm going to get this figured out. So just mm. figure it out. I don't know. So that was my attitude. Yeah. I can trust myself with my life. Yep. I can trust go. myself with my life. That's one of my mantras. So Amy, who actually does pay? Is it like the federal government? Is there a grant? Is it the state government? Is it the national park, the Everglades? Like how do python hunters get paid for and do you get paid by the python like how does that work <laughs> so i'm technically a python removal contractor for the south florida water management district which is a state agency and so they pay me by the hour a whopping 13 dollars an hour i know for the time that i'm out there and then they also pay per python so i get 50 dollars for the first four feet of snake and then 25 dollars a foot after that so who figures this shit out? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the cool thing is somehow the upstairs team sent you the idea to turn this whole thing into an invasive python skin leather industry. So once you catch the python and they pay you by the foot, you get to keep the catch, apparently? Yes. Yes, we do now. And I did have something to do with that because when I first moved here, we couldn't. So that was a big deal too. So yes, we I can keep it. So I skin yeah. them. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. So I will tell you this. If you would have told said four years ago, hey, you're going to be skinning pythons on your lanai. I've been like, you're freaking crazy. There's no possible way I'm going to be doing that. And here I am. Right? right. So what I didn't know, because I was just basically cold calling to find out, hey, you know, is this does this make sense? And, you know, because I love the snakes, I don't want to waste them. Mm. You know, I wanted to figure out something to do with them. And it's, so it's besides just the money piece of it, because it, it's actually kind of put me in a lot of debt, <laughs> which I'm, I'm figuring that out. But yeah, um, all, you know, that can be figured out. <laughs> it's, it's no big deal. But that's the thing. We're pioneering this industry here. There's only three places that tan python skin in the United States because pythons weren't a thing here. Mm. You know, they 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 were a long time ago, but then it, as far as importing them from Europe and then it became illegal, so they didn't do it anymore. So that that was a roller coaster trying to figure that out. I thought that these places would skin them for me. Definitely found out that wasn't the case. So I had to learn this on my own. And then making products. Oh my gosh, people aren't used to dealing with this type of leather. So it is so hard to find people that do a good job because I have pretty high standards on mm. my products. You know, mm. this isn't just, you know, stuff that's being thrown together. Like this is, and it's really hard to find people. Like, so this has been, that has been the most insane journey of all of it. And mm. the most ups and downs. I mean, the swamp is where is my time. I love that. You know, give me a 20 footer all day long. I don't want to deal with this shit over here. You know, ah, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's how it is for me. So 
but I'm figuring it out. And we're trying to get the word out there that you know these pythons are invasive. They have to go. We have no choice. The pythons that are used for a lot of the other, a lot of leather are from Asia mm. and they're raised on python farms, mm. raised specifically for their, their hides. Mm. So these have to go. Right. So I want to create that awareness. Right. That to buy Florida invasive python. Right. And to, to give the pythons new life. Absolutely. Right. That's 100%. really what the intent is there is like, this is not like a farm. They're breeding pythons just to die to make skin. Right. This is solving a massive problem that's killing off all the mammals in yes. the Everglades. Yes. That has is going to happen anyway. And what I'm hearing is that your relation, your direct relationship with the serpents, snakes is such that you want to also honor them exactly. in a beautiful and powerful way. Exactly. All right. We've got about a minute left, Amy. So in the last minute, why don't you tell us a little bit about, do you already have products? Like, are you selling products? Are they on your website? I do. They or are, are on still my website. In, like development of that. Yeah. It's always a, it's an ongoing process, but uh -huh. I do have Apple watch bands and I actually have other bracelets. I've, I'm in the process of getting some clutches and wallets and money clips. Beautiful. I think I've found, found a person, but I do have I do have them on my website. I got to tell you, I, I I would like some pants. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Let's get pants. Let's do pants. <laughs> pants and purses. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Well, I would I could spend all day talking to you, Amy. Not only are you just incredibly courageous and incredibly like on purpose, right? And living your best life. You're also incredibly willing to follow your instincts and do what, you know, lights you up and you're super creative too. So it's just Thank been you. such a massive pleasure to have you here on the show today. Thank you so much. Listeners, we love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We're going to have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We could even give you a shout out on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.